The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Good morning, Nipple Quadrant. Few here. It's been a while. Had the uh, had the the January sickness run through the house. Been busy with uh, my career and and taking care of stuff. But I am back, joined by Jay Cam and Smitty. What's going on, fellas? I'll just welcome you, Q, to the uh, the Breakfast Club here. This is uh, the, the early tea times that Smitty and I enjoy on the weekends. Getting the picks out to you here. We will allow breakfast ball on any bad plays that you give out. You can always just, you know, hit another one. And, uh, yeah, we, I mean, finally turning the corner here, only two NFL games. So we got to transition here to college basketball. So we have something to talk about. Maybe we'll throw some pucks in later on. Not really ready for that today. But, uh, yeah, it's another huge slate of college basketball. You got to fight your way through that. And then obviously the NFL is going to be huge on Sunday, uh, two good matchups. Yeah, good morning. Nice to see you guys. Q, great to have you back. Man, I can't wait. If we could have got Maddie here today, the whole team would have been here, but that that's coming. That's coming. So, yeah, excited. You know, we um, we got two games to really dive into today and talk about, try to give you some winners, some player props, maybe some teasers, straight plays, and then we're going to try to end the show on some great basketball in- information. There's some good games today, so we're going to get after it. Let's try to find those winners. All right. Speaking of uh, trying to get our, our full squad together for the first time in a while, I feel like we're the New York Giants. They got a bunch of injuries. They never started their team. But breaking news, they did hire a coach uh, last night. It's not 100% final, but it sounds like uh, there was an agreement on both sides. So offensive coordinator for the Bills, Brian Dabble, has now joined the Giants. Just give me like a quick minute thought, and then we'll jump into the uh, NFL Conference Championship weekend. Jason, what's your thoughts? Uh it's probably a good hire. He's done a really good job with Buffalo offense. Um, it's interesting. He's a New England guy, you know, kind of came up through the Belichick. You haven't seen a lot of success out of those assistants, though. You know, you have recently. But O'Brien did a decent job at Houston before he ruined it by GM Bill O'Brien. Um, Flores did a nice job in Dolphins, obviously, and he's going to be a hot commodity. He's been mentioned for a few of the open jobs. Um, offense guy. So replacing, I guess, a special teams guy, Joe Judge, I don't, that's a real low bar right now in New York to get those guys on your side. You just have to show some signs of life. Like you mentioned, the whole offense was hurt all year. Were they really, or they just didn't want to play? Defense has been okay. Um, you know, it's a tough division, but man, those teams, that, that fan base is starving. The NFL is starving. That's their, you know, favorite franchise. So they, he needs to get it right. Um, he's got a quarterback. I don't think he's the guy, but see if he can get something out of him. You've got a good running back. You've got good skill talent. You just kind of need to get the lines better. Yeah. Can he do any worse than Joe judge? And I mean, if he doesn't make some really bad comments in some, uh, interviews, I think he's going to be okay. Joe judge kind of went a little crazy there at the very end saying how people were calling him begging to come back. And I mean, just kind of went off a little bit there. Yeah, like Jason said, I think the guy did a nice job in Buffalo, good offense coordinator there. So does have some talent. I mean, the quarterback position is the key. Can Jones, there's some games that Jones looks really good. And then other games he's not 
think he does have some pretty talented wide receivers. You know, is Barkley going to stay healthy? That's a big concern there, too. I don't care who you are as a coach. If you don't have the players, if they're banged up, you're not going to be very good. So not a bad hire there, I don't think. We'll see. You know, there's some rumors. McDaniel's going out to Vegas. Uh, good. A little rumor. Did you hear some of the news last night started really breaking about Tom Brady? Maybe um, some of his friends are saying it could be by this early this week that he's going to retire. So that will be interesting to see if Brady hangs him up. What's your guys before we dive in? Do you think Brady's done, Jason? It, you know, it's funny. Uh, Edelman was on part of my take and he was kind of noncommittal on it. He didn't really he wasn't real strong that Brady's going to come back. He said he hadn't heard anything. So he was kind of in the non-denial mode. Some stuff's come out out of Tampa Bay that that team was a mess this year. Like, they just didn't get along at all. Um, you didn't really see it on the field. They were okay, but you did see it on the sidelines some. Obviously, Antonio Brown always throws a little pepper into the pot there whenever he's around. Arian slapping the guy in the helmet, uh, getting suspended or not suspended, but fined. Um, maybe he's just not ready to deal with it. There's probably nowhere else for him to go. You know he doesn't want to come back to the cold weather. So, this might be enough. I don't know. I, I'd be shocked. I, th- I thought he'd want to go out in the winter, and they still, I think, have one more year where they can keep it together. What do you think? I think think he's done. I think he's proven, you know, I think that the narrative before he left was, you know, who is it? Is it Belichick or is it Brady? Uh, I kind of think it's both. You know, I think the success Mac Jones had, you know, under Belichick, I think that that proves that Belichick is a legit coach. Uh, But I also think Brady, you know, he proved that he can go out and win on his own. Now, obviously, he had a pretty powerhouse lineup last year, uh, but he was able to go win somewhere else. you know, in a pretty tough division. Um, so I, I think he has nothing to prove, you know, last year or the year before, you know, G- Giselle was kind of, you know, a vocal, like she doesn't really want him to play anymore. She wants him to be a husband and a father. Um, I, I think he's just accomplished everything. You know, he's, he's, uh, he has nothing else to play for. I mean, what, you know, the guy's got seven Super Bowl rings. It's not like he's trying to, you know, uh, to beat anybody else. Uh, I mean, he's, he's probably the greatest quarterback, you know, top three with Joe Montana, him and, and whoever else you want to throw in that mix. So I, I think he's done. This was his last chance. And then, like you said, I mean, it was sloppy uh, on the sidelines and in the organization. You know, I, I think he's the guy. He's like, I'm just too old for this. I'm going to go enjoy my life and I've proven everything I can. And I think he's going to ride off, you know, and then I, and then you'll you'll kind of see the dominoes like Gronk will go. Uh, he's retired once before. So I, I think that it, the, the time is done in, in Tampa Bay. And uh, it's time for my boy, Kyle Trask, step up, leader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I would trade round picks for him. I think he's the next Tom Brady person. It's, it's biased, but that guy throws freaking darts on the football field. He learned from the greatest quarterback. He's got weapons, young weapons. I think he'll be fine. Uh, all right. early, early fantasy advice from Q is Cal Trask definitely a sleeper pick in all your drafts. So let's, let's get that out yeah. there now. If you're new, if you're new to the show, can you tell just by that what's what college team Q likes? What <laughs> a state fan. <laughs> no, hey, listen, I got to get that propaganda in. I really like the kid. I think he'll do well. Uh, he's always been counted out, and he's proven everybody uh, wrong. So we'll see. I think Brady's done. I think it's Kyle's time to step up. Um, all right, let's talk about some quarterbacks that are not done. You've got Joe Burrow tossing the rock, baby. He looks money throwing the ball, uh, just like he did, you know, as a Bayou Bengal. Um, and then you got Pat Mahomes. Like, I, a lot of people still think the best football is ahead of him. Uh, he's kind of getting into his prime. This should be a huge matchup. It's your 3 o'clock game. 
So the line opened up at minus seven for the Chiefs, over under 54 and a half. The over under staying at 54 and a half currently, and the line uh, is up to minus seven and a half. I, if, if, if I have to do a pick them, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think just with the home field advantage, you know, I, I think Burrow maybe kind of runs into some, uh, some bad luck here. Kansas City's defense was significantly better after the Tennessee game. Uh, they're fired up. You know, what we saw last week was probably one of the greatest games to ever play. Uh, in the playoffs or NFL in general. Um, and, and I think Kansas City is a little irritated from what happened last year. I mean, they were full out embarrassed, 31-9 Super Bowl loss. Um, I think they kind of take out some frustration here against the Bengals. Um, I think both teams score. I like the over. I think they get over that. I kind of see like a 38-24, 38-27 game. Uh, I love the Bengals in a teaser, uh, but if, if – I think you could tease it either way. You know, that's Smitty's play. Um, but I, I think the Chiefs are, are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I'm on board with that, too. I actually think this is the Chiefs. And I, I've seen, you know, minus seven and a half right now. There's been some talk about uh, going to eight. I don't think that'll happen, um, mostly for teaser action and things like that. But, you know, since he's done really good to get here, but it hasn't been the cleanest performances. Um, you know, it could easily, you know, there's a Sam Hubbard helmet away from uh, that game uh, being really close uh, in the wild card round. You know, Tennessee three turnovers last week. I mean, since he forced those turnovers, they played really well on defense and they had to. Um, and the offense, you know, you know, they kind of tried to limit the explosiveness, but the Bengals still ran up yards. I just think it's a matter of I don't think they can protect them in this game. You saw what Kansas City did um, against Pittsburgh. The Bengals' offensive line just looks awful on the right side. I mean, I think the left tackle is good, but everything else, I just think Chris Jones is going to have himself a huge day and just be really disruptive. I don't think they'll let Jamar Chase beat him. You know, T. Higgins may have his career day, but I think Kansas City really is going to say it's got to be somebody else other than Chase, and I think that's an effective way. I think it's something since he's going to have to deal with next year um, because he's such a weapon. He's so explosive. Like, that's where the, their offense comes from is big plays, right? I think Kansas City is going to play a little softer than they did the first time around, especially when they had the lead. Too much man coverage, too much blitzing, too much zero coverage, and they just got toasted in the second half. I just think you'll see them two deep safeties a lot more. Um, they'll let them have the underneath stuff. And since he just isn't as strong putting drives together as Kansas City has learned to do this year, something they struggle with early, trying to go for the home run all the time, they kind of figured out that they can run the football and they can hit it underneath and still be a really good offense. So, yeah, I think it's Kansas City minus seven and a half. I'm more than comfortable laying that. I think the total is actually right on, uh, but I think the Chiefs will have the majority of the points in this one. Smitty, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this as a teaser. Of course I am. That's what I do. But I, I kind of like, you know, if you said, Smitty, you got to take you got to take a side straight. I would take Kansas City in this game. You know, the first time they played, it was 34-31 Cincinnati. Game got out really, really fast. Great start by Kansas City. Good comeback by Cincinnati and that second half kind of slowed down a little bit. A lot of questionable pass interference calls in that game. If you really think about it on the going towards um, the favor for Cincinnati and that now a couple trends in this game. I want to talk about here, Cincinnati on the road, first quarter unders nine and oh this year. I really like it open. I think it was at 10 and a five, 10 and a half, excuse me, 10 and a half. Now it's down to 10. I'm going to play it. I love trends. I'm going to take the under in this Kansas city. I've said this on our shows the last couple of weeks. Sometimes they, they start a little slow. They did against Pittsburgh. I think even Denver, it was kind of a slow start since he's one up. I heard a stat on it. I think it was follow the money that 
they said that they love taking the play clock down to about zero. Well, why do they do that? Because Jason said their offensive line's a mess. I think they're going to try to slow it down. I don't think this is going to be a shootout as a lot of people do. You, you listen to a lot of people, man, they're playing like big numbers in this game. Now, Last time they played, Burrow had 446 yards, four touchdowns. Chase went off to, I think, 266 yards. I don't think Chase is anywhere near that. Now, Burrow is, though, five and two in his last seven over the yards with his passing numbers. I'm doing different here. What am I doing? I love Kansas City in a teaser. Get it down to minus one. I think they win this game. I might even look first half Kansas City. I think Kansas City controls this game and they win. What would I do with the points? I love it up in a teaser. I'm going to play the first quarter under at 10. I'm going to tease it up to 60 and a half, and I'm going to play the under in that. I don't think it's as high scoring. Now, I want to give out two more quick little props I'm looking at. Last week, I played two with Joe Mixon. I took under rushing yards and hit. I took over receptions. I got plus money. In my book, Joe Mixon right now is over four and a half catches. It's plus 115. I'm going to play it. Why? Well, Joe Mixon last week at halftime had four catches. His last couple games, he had six catches, four catches, seven against Kansas City when they played the first time, six and one in his last couple games there. Well, why not? It's plus money. I'm going to take it again. The line's not any good. Quick dink and dunk passes. Try to control the ball a little bit. I like the Joe Mixon over reception props. 55 and a half rushing yards. I'm not, I'm a little off on that now. I was thinking about if it was a little higher, maybe taking the under that. But one more I like Travis Kelsey is five and zero oh in the last two seasons in playoffs in his receiving yards. Last two games had 96 and 108. It's at 76 and a half. I'm taking the over with Kelsey. I think he has a good game. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect segue. I'm glad you caught on. I wanted to stay in the, the uh, player props here. So I think there's a couple good player props. I think the Joe Burrow over to earn 288 and a half uh, passing yards. I think that's easy. I think they want to throw the ball. They have to throw the ball. Like, I, I just don't think that, that Mixon's going to run all over uh, that offensive front for Kansas City. Um, and and I, I'm curious to, to hear, is Tyron Matthew going to play? Because he is a huge difference maker, and we saw that. Um I know he's questionable right now. We'll see. Obviously, we'll start to, you know, as as we get closer to tomorrow's kickoff, we'll kind of see uh, where where that leans. But, you know, with that being said, Burrow's going to try to attack those young rookies and those guys who don't get to play much. I also think there's an opportunity, and we saw last week, Gabriel Davis, four touchdowns. That is incredibly unheard of. He was making guys trip. They for, were forgetting to cover him uh, once Tyron's out. If Tyron's out, I think you need to hammer somebody to score two plus touchdowns and i like uh t higgins at plus 900 and i think you could even throw uh you know joe mixon to go in with your your pass catch you know a little dink and dunk football little screen passes uh by the end zone but if tyron matthew's not there and his instinctiveness in the backfield somebody's open all the time and like you said they're probably going to be doubling and shadowing a safety on jamar chase all day i do think he's going to get his yardage uh, but I, I think somebody's going to score more than once. They're just going to let somebody else beat him. It's like, hey, if you're hitting your threes tonight in a game, we live and die. You know, you we're going to let make you beat us, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to make Jamar Chase and other guys beat them. Uh, so I think that you have some props there. 
Uh, but I also like over one and a half Joe Burrow touchdowns. I mean, again, they're going to throw the ball. I think he could have two touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, and so I'll give you Maddie's. He gave us his props that he's going to play here. And uh, he also likes Burrow over on passing yards, and I, I can't really disagree with that one because that, that works both ways, right? If they're winning or losing, there's going to be a ton of passing by the Bengals. Um, he likes Kelsey anytime TD, uh, minus 122. That's a decent price for that. He likes Jamar Chase first TD, plus 1050. That's something to look on a lot of the sites. You can get those first TDs guaranteed, which is turns into a nice thing. And then he's also got uh, – He's going to play the Bengals money line. So he's clearly on uh, Team Cincinnati here. And also the Bengals plus seven and a half. And finishing with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, over 37 and a half yards rushing plus 14. I'm trying to work on my French pronunciation since we've been hanging with uh, Jake Jack and uh, <laughs> uh, the, the shrimp guy. Smitty, can you do me a favor? Look, uh, one more player prop. T. Higgins, what did he do last week? I know he went off. But I'm looking at 70 and a half, and I really like that. Again, they're going to double Jamar, uh, but I think that could be an easy 70 and a half uh, over for T. Higgins. Yeah, I'll look that up on mine. You know, I'm going to say as I'm looking this up, how about just real quick, how about Mahomes over rushing? 30 and a half. I mean, man, he had some big yards last week. I think he led, if I'm correct, I think he was the number one rusher last week in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's another one. I know I was talking to Dr. Brent yesterday and he's like, why aren't you going to take that? I think he broke one um, for 30. Something. He ran like five yarder. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, 30, um, why not take a chance with that, with his uh, rushing yards? Um, I played his last week and I, I was a winner because luckily it went into OT it combined rushing passing um, with with uh, Mahomes in that, and that was an easy winner. I got that at 311. I'm looking Q here really quick. Uh, T. Higgins. Um, I, he had he had to have broken almost 100. Yeah, I, I got uh, over, oh, I'm going just off. I'm looking. He had 70. My book has him over 70 and a half uh, in this game. And I'm going to look one more as I'm looking this up really fast. The tight end for Cincinnati, uh, his name's I'm drawing a blank on it. I would look the over at him. Now I heard a guy, I think it's at like 35 and a half really went to him last week. And um, now I heard a really good guy. I think it was on follow the money. A, a guy that does player props. His name's I'm drawn, man. It's too early in the morning. I can't think of his name either. He did not like that. He liked the under in that. Cause he thinks it's a more wide receiver game, man. Joe Burrow really targeted him last week in the game. And I know it's a whole different matchup, but again, I think if you try to take chase away, maybe the wide receivers, you could maybe try to look at him and hit the over in that T Higgins. Last time they played Q had three catches, 62 yards. And what are they last week? He had nine targets for uh seven catches and 96 yards. Keep it, yeah. So, I, I like that. I put that on my card. I'm taking T Higgins over 70 and a half. Like we said, somebody else will beat them. We saw it last week, Gabriel Davis, 200 something yards, four touchdowns. I think T Higgins is that guy this week. Um, all right, if you guys don't have anything else, we'll, we'll slide over to the uh NFC. Uh, but I don't want to cut you guys off. I know, Jason, did you have some player props or anything like that? I do not – I don't dabble in the props as well. I actually like a lot of the ones you're talking – I like the Azoma one, especially if you see Kansas City play two high safeties. That means he's going to be on a linebacker as opposed to a safety. Um, that's going to be way more beneficial. 
it, I really think that's what Kansas City is going to do. They're just going to take away the explosive stuff. They're going to make them dink and dunk, uh, just kind of like teams did to them this year. So, yeah, nothing else really. So I really actually like pretty much everything you guys put forward. Yeah, I like that one. And my other favorite one, because it's plus money, and I won last week. I look for Joe Mixon over what, yeah. see what see what your number is at your book take a chance plus money why not like i said got it really quick and i like kelsey again five and oh why not take it one more time the guy the guy's the man he he is a tough matchup i really like him so you know i'll i'll give him i mean we'll be blasting him out tomorrow on twitter so um for sure so check us out on twitter because we'll be giving a lot there but we gave you a lot of things to think about today all right, let's slide over to the NFC. Uh, so interesting tidbit real quick. So last year, Tampa Bay uh, was the host for the Super Bowl. They play in it. Uh, so that was a major home field advantage for them. Um, this year, so it's uh, – I believe it was like in, for 48 or for 40 uh, – whatever, how many Super Bowls we're at, there was no home field advantage. Um, and then last year and this year, we're going to have it. So the 49ers uh, and the Rams, one of the teams um, – will be hosting, you know, so California gets to host that as well. Um, I, you know, I said this earlier this week and I know, you know, Maddie shot, shot it down. I, I like the Rams here. You know, it's uh, Shanahan is six and zero against McVay. I just don't see that being a seven and zero. like they're, I think they're, they're on all cylinders right now. The Rams are um, obviously the 49ers uh, beat them or uh, to end the season. I just think – I don't know, man. I just have this vibe that this is the Rams' opportunity. They matched up, you know, really well. Uh, you know, 49ers defense plays really well against the Rams. Uh, they, they typically don't let them uh, score a bunch. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think this is Matt Stafford's time, personally. Um, I You know, stat-wise, I probably everything leans to the 49ers, but my gut says the Rams – um, if I had to take a straight play, but I, you know, uh, more, I think profitable plays and be the 49ers and a teaser, I'll get them to that 10 mark. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody blows anybody out in this game necessarily, but, um, the three and a half, I don't mind laying either. If you could buy down to minus three, the Rams or plus 10 and a teaser 49ers. And I really don't have any player props in this game because both team, I don't know, uh, give me back. I'll roll back. You guys go. I mean, it's, it's interesting. So it's basically, how do you view last game? Was this like L.A. kind of climbing where they're getting closer to knocking off San Francisco? I was stunned that 49ers have beat them six straight and actually pretty convincingly six straight when I looked into this this week. I mean, like I said, I just I don't know if it's because West Coast and we're East Coast guys. We just don't realize this rivalry has been this one sided. You know, I know the NFC West kind of has worked that way where it seems like every team has one team that they pick on. And this is clearly the 49ers. This is the, the team that they bully around. Um you look at the numbers, they've outgained them every single game, too. They've won the turnover battle in every single game, um, except actually the last one. Um, and they just have out, like I said, outgaining them. I mean, it's just, it's really interesting to see how this was. Now, the first half of the last game, Rams dominated. I mean, and 49ers got that one last drive at the end of the first half, kicked the field goal to kind of seem like it turned all the momentum. And then, you know, they just, they got enough done in the second half to get themselves into the playoffs and actually basically force this matchup that we're talking about this week. Um, you know, my sheet says 27, 23 Rams. So like you mentioned this, the statistics really, it's, it's a really pretty neutral game. Three and a half looks good. I'm stunned this game's still at three and a half. I thought this would be down to three or two and a half at this point. Um, so there's clearly Rams money coming in. Um, though that seems like, like everybody you talk to on these shows and even our own, 
is leaning 49ers. Um, I'll take the points. I think it's going to be close. I am just, like I said, I'm just completely surprised at how one-sided this, this rivalry has been. And then this year, I mean, the games, the Rams can't run the football on the 49ers, and that's something that really kind of opens up their offense. But, you know, the 49ers secondary is really not that good. And the Rams' weapons have really come, you know, they've found a way to get Odell Beckham, like, from out of the abyss into actually being an effective football player. Cooper Cup, probably the best receiver in football this year. I mean, they've got weapons, too. Tyler Higby, kind of the guy is like a prop king because he kind of seems to always find a touchdown or like hidden yardage. So, I mean, they've got dudes. It's just interesting to see whether they can block that San Francisco front or the San Francisco front kind of takes over the game and San Francisco can stay in zone keep everybody in front of them and just keep running the football over the Rams like they have any other matchups. I mean, Rams are a little small up front. I guess that's the advantage is the point I can kind of bully, play bully ball a bit and run the ball down their throat. And that kind of opens up their passing game. So I'm taking the Niners plus three and a half. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, you know, it feels like an under game, but it seems like these playoff games, there's always points late. So it's a little risky to take that. What do you got, Smitty? I'm on San Francisco again. Uh, you know, I might play plus three and a half. Of course, I'm playing the teaser. I'm taking them up six points and I'm going to take the points up a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people out there. If you listen, they think this game is going to have a little bit more points. I'm in for both slow games, both ways here. I, I joked on another show and we'll give that information out here at the end here. I said, I'm going to be one of those guys. What's the over under on me screaming at the TV, yelling to do a full board fullback uh, dive or take a knee and tick, tick, tick and run the clock here in these games. I just think it's a good game. I mean, you know, I think it's hard. Now, somebody said it's not hard to beat a team three times. I kind of disagree. You know, San Francisco beat them 31-10 and then beat them 27-24 in OT. So 2-0. and Shanahan, like Q said, has owned McVay. 6-0. and Um you know, ATS in the series lately. Shanahan as a dog, as a coach, is 60%. Jimmy G as a dog is like it's like 79% his career. I mean, just great numbers on this. I think it continues. Now you take the points up and you get to 52. I broke this down in 19 games this year. San Francisco's only been in those games five times. That's hit that. Rams have been seven times. I just think where's San Francisco going to be successful in this game? Well, they're going to try to run the ball. I think now you're going to say, well, the Rams have a great defensive line. How are they going to do that? Well, San Francisco has a fantastic offensive line. They match it up. Great. I think defensive line, San Francisco is very talented. I, I, I like, I think they're pounding the ball. I think this game's close. I mean, could I see the Rams squeak this one out? I, I can, but I'll tell you, I think it's hard too when you have, when you own someone like Shanahan has to McVay has to be in their brain a little bit. Like I own this guy or on the other side, going to yourself, why can't I beat this guy? And then you saw it last week, man, McVay just had that. They had that game in control and his play calling got so conservative and it was like, they tightened up a little bit there. Can that happen again? Especially if he gets a lead on San Francisco going, man, I might beat this guy. Let's don't blow it. I, it, this, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I could see it going, but in a teaser for sure, take San Francisco up. 
mean, that's going to be my teaser, my biggest teaser of the weekend. I'm taking Kansas City down and I'm taking San Francisco up. Then I'm going to probably take the points uh, up in both and take the under in it. So we'll see what happens there. You know, player prop wise, where am I heading here? I've really concentrated just on San Francisco. I have one for the Rams. I'm going to dive a little bit more today into the Rams. I like Mitchell. You know, you look at it. I have it at 72 and a half rushing yards. His last couple games, 53, 96, 85, 119. Well, 72 and a half. I like it. I think I'm going to try, try to play the over there. I love the attempts over uh, 17 and a half. Well, like I just said, 17 carries last game. He's about right on it. 27, 21, 21. Good numbers there. They get the lead. They're going to pound the ball. So I'm really looking at Mitchell for two props there. And Debo Samuel, I'm going to look for a combined rushing receiving. Get the ball to your best player. Look for what that is. Debo Samuel is just an electric player. I really like that. The only one I'm on the Rams right now is Akers, the running back, under 62 and a half yards. And this is why I'm thinking about that. The guy had two key fumbles last game. One was really key at the very end. Now, let's say he comes out, and he's coming off an injury too, which is shocking that the guy's even playing. But let's say he fumbles early in this game. How do you go to him? How can you keep giving him the ball if this guy's starting to fumble all the time? Has to be in his brain a little bit. You could see a little Sonny Michelle coming back in and getting some of those carries and taking away some of the yards. I hit Akers last week under. I'm going to do it again. So right now, Akers under 62 and a half. Look at Mitchell attempts over rushing yards and really keep an eye on Debo Samuel. And then I'll probably throw some more out there that I like. I'm going to dive a little bit more in the ramps. So to give you Maddie's plays, he is with you on Elijah Mitchell on the over and attempts. And he's also with you on Debo Samuel over rushing, receiving yards. I think that's good to combine the two because you don't know which way it's going to go in the game. Uh, some of his other plays. This is one I like. Jawan Jennings, anytime TD. He's kind of an X factor for that 49ers offense. You know about Samuel, you know about Ayuk, but there's a guy who's actually had a bunch of TDs late in the season. And I think that's all of his plays. And he likes, he's been riding the Niners. And he's going to continue to ride them on the money line. He's just rolling that over. And he also likes the under 47 here. So, Smitty, what do you got there? Well, one thing I do want to throw out, and I saw this the other day, keep an eye, and I'm not sure what the prop is right now for Debo Samuel uh, um, receptions. If you look at his last couple games, he had three, three, four, three, and then nine. So if somebody can look that up before we go off here or has that really quick, you know, if it that's anywhere at four, four and a half or something, maybe keep an eye on that and maybe take the under. Now, again, I'm a big fan of him. I think they got to get the ball to him. But again, if you look at the numbers, three, three, four, and three in his last four games, keep an eye on that. Does anybody have that prop? So that is for Debo uh, total receptions. It is over under four and a half. And, uh, on the side I'm looking at, the under four and a half is minus 146. So the public uh, is hammering that, and that kind of plays along with your stats. Um, one of the plays I do like here, it's two, three plays. And I looked back, both games this year, uh, Cooper Cups had 122 yards and 118 against San Fran. So as good as the guy is and as, as hard as they try to control him, he just he's so smooth and slick. He just finds yards. 
I mean, he could turn a three-yard catch into a 17-yard in a blink of an eye. So I, I kind of like the over at minus 114, over 103 and a half yards for him. The guy just finds yours. Uh, so he finds the end zone. He's got like 17 or 18 touchdowns this year. Um, again, that goes with his shiftiness. He just finds ways to get open. Matt Stafford can throw it, you know, in tight, tight areas. So you're laying a little juice at minus 145. Maybe throw that in a little parlay. Uh, pizza money parlay I do like that I think it's pretty confident play uh, and then another receiving yards is I like Van Jefferson over 31 and a half that's kind of hit or miss uh, so you're kind of rolling the dice on it but Matt Stafford's really trying to hit him with that deep ball and it's a 30 plus yard route the guy can catch uh, you know he's come close to that number the last few games but you know if Cooper Cup's having a bad game you know I, it seems like he he's kind of the second option and they kind of overlook OBJ. I kind of like that as a sneaker pick over 31 and a half Van Jefferson. What do you got, Jason? Just want to head up there. He is actually questionable for Sunday. So we don't know if he's going to go. Obviously if he doesn't go, it's, it'll void out. But uh, yeah, he was a guy I like too a lot too. Yeah. I just I was looking at Whitworth's status to see, because that's a key thing. He is going to be back. Um, that's going to help solidify that Rams offensive line a little bit, but Jefferson is a guy I really like this week too, especially in these kind of games. It's always the guys you don't expect because both teams, especially in a division matchup like this, they know each other. They know the tendencies, right? So you got to show that wrinkle. It has to be a third or fourth receiver. You saw it last week in the Buffalo KC game. We saw Gabriel Jones come out to Davis, come out of nowhere and become like, you know, an elite receiver for one day. Um, Jefferson was a guy I, I kind of had circled too to think over the top kind of guy, you know, uh, probably, you know, the secondary for the San Francisco, not the quickest in the world. Here's a guy where he had a good matchup, but it's questionable. Like I say, if you have a one-off prop, it's going to cancel out, so you don't have to worry about it. But if you time into a parlay where you want a nice kind of price, it's probably going to lower your price. What do you got, Smitty? Yeah, I, same thing, you guys. I, I wrote that down today. Like I said, I'm going to dive – my homework today is dive in a little bit more with the Rams, and Jefferson was the one I wrote down in my notebook to keep an eye on and look at all his stuff because I'm right on with you guys. I think he could have a really nice game too. I just wanted to give this out. I gave it out last week from the great people of VEASAN that we've had on the show and just reading some of their articles. Uh, um, the Let's just go back to the last game, the head ref – kind of goes numbers kind of go towards the road team in that and the under. And I just want to give out the, the lead rep in this game with the San Francisco Rams game. Uh, the head rep is more to the road team and the over. So I just wanted to give out that little information too. We gave that out last week. If you're kind of into that really diving deep, I know a lot of major league baseball betters like the home ump, information so we just wanted to give that out and I think one other thing though with this game is you know you think always home field home field home field well the problem is you that have McVay begging the fans not to sell their tickets and this can be a big San Francisco crowd this is going to be I think right down the middle that this is not going to be like the Rams are going to have this great atmosphere I think this can be right on a mix um so again I think what we all, all three of us have said, I think this game is going to be great. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a really good game here. So um, just wanted to give out that information. Yeah, I think Brandon Walker's best on that, you know, home field advantage thing. The thing that hurt the Rams is obviously they played in L.A. Uh, years ago and then they, they migrate to St. Louis and now they've come back. I'm curious to know, like, how many St. Louis fans, and I don't know how you figure this out, but how many St. Louis fans are still loyal enough to travel to L.A. and watch this team? But then L.A. is such a transient place. 
San Francisco has been in San Francisco, California, you know, forever. So they they've never moved their, their, their fans are just, I mean, they are stapled into that state. And when you have a team constantly bouncing back and forth, and then you also share a stadium like this, this isn't New York where both franchises have been there, you know, since the beginning of football, uh, you know, you've got two franchises that are splitting a stadium in a very transient city. I just think like the fan base for the Rams, I don't think will ever be as good as the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, they're a dynasty. Uh, I don't necessarily look at the Rams as a dynasty. I mean, they had the, the couple good years, you know, the greatest show on turf, uh, but that was in St. Louis. Those fans aren't coming to LA to watch a game. You know, those 49er fans are going to travel. It's just like the Raiders fans. You know, I'm curious to know how many of them. Now, Vegas obviously had a better crowd because they're starving for football. But when you take a, a staple franchise out of an area, it really affects a, a team a, a, with ticket sales, in my opinion. So, I think he said it very well when he brought that point up on Pick Central. Uh, what do you got, Jason? No, it's, it's also, you look at these games, too, with home field advantage. It really doesn't play in the championship games as much. It's almost kind of a disadvantage because you're at home with your family where the other team is kind of isolated. They're in their hotels. They're away from everything, right? They're just, it's all football. It, like, you know, that starts on Friday night. You got Saturdays. Like, they're, they don't have to worry about anything because they're already out of their cities. You know, especially when you're at home, you know, you know, you're waking up in your own bed each morning. Now, most of these teams go to a hotel the night before now because of this, right? You get away from the distractions. You, but I don't know if LA has those distractions, like you said. They just, you know, they haven't built that fan base. They've priced this franchise to make it like the Lakers, right? Where the Chargers have kind of gone the Clippers route. They've kind of gone a little more family-friendly, a little more discount. Well, that's where, this is where it hurts you because you don't have everybody showing up for this game. Uh, the 49ers were a dynasty. They have a national fan base. They're up there like the Packers and the Steelers and the Cowboys where – their, their fans are everywhere. You know, in California, it's a short trip. It's probably cheaper if you go to L.A. than San Francisco, two of the most expensive places on earth. Uh, and uh, they're going to show up for this game, especially with this team kind of having all this momentum. So I, I just think this is going to be a huge factor in this game. They are definitely going to have to have the silent counts ready. I think they'll be ready for it this time. But, uh, yeah, you're going to definitely think this game is being played in the Bay Area as opposed to Southern California. Yeah, very well said. Uh, Smitty, if you don't have anything, I know we can transition a little bit to college basketball. I think we've kind of nailed these games um, as good as it's going to get. Uh, but if you have anything, please feel free. All right, let's go. We'll, uh, we'll go to some college basketball plays. I know, Smitty, you've been on fire right now with your teasers as well as your, uh, your team total points. Uh, I think you're uh, like five and one or six and one in the team total points. So that's definitely something to watch on Twitter. If you follow him or notebook wagering. Um, so here's the game. I'm just looking at the rundown. We'll, we'll jump and let you get the floor. So the Georgetown Butler uh, 12 o'clock tip. Uh, that's probably one of your best plays you said on a team total point. So why don't you dive in to start the couch uh, basketball slate with that? Yeah, I've been trying to give out my I'm going to start trying to do my weekly um, all the games I give out, keep a weekly uh, stats and kind of post. And I've been doing that. Yeah, my teasers this week so far coming in today are 12 and three. I should have been three and zero last night. Wyoming let me down, had a seven point lead with three minutes. I had him at minus two and a half and they hit a buzzer beater to win by two. So that was a loser. Team point wise, I am four and two. I lost two really tight ones last night, Ohio by two, Sienna by two points too. So I'm really gonna focus in on teasers today and some team points. And I do like a couple um, straight plays that I'm gonna, you know, it's a big card. Try to be smart if you're gonna play. I try to, you know, break it down every two hours here. But yeah, you know, one, I mean, I have a couple here and we're gonna, you know, let Jason 
jump in here because Jason's very successful too with hoops. But one I'm looking at now, I'm a Georgetown fan. I love the teaser spot here too for Butler. Georgetown travels out to Butler here. Now, I, I just, it's hard to bet against your team, but I'm going to do the team points here. I've been eyeing this. I wanted to see what this was. So it's at 72 and a half. I jumped on it today already around 7 a.m. I'm taking the team points, Butler over 72 and a half. Real quick notes on this. They played one, they played at Georgetown already. Butler scored 72 points. So right on it. But Georgetown, the last couple games they have played, they played last week or earlier in the week against UConn. They gave up 96 points. That team, that over was 82 and a half. I was going to jump on UConn, but I felt I couldn't do that to my team. Well, I should have because it was easy money. Georgetown's given up 96, 85, 83, 88, 72. Well, I know Butler sometimes can not be the greatest offense, but I'm taking a chance. My first play of the day is team points over Butler 72 and a half. Jason, any thoughts on that or you want to? No, I like it. I think um, this is one of those things where, you know, a lot of the books open these lines with Ken Palm lines. Now, if you take the full year um, for both of these teams, the spread's right on and the, the team total is obviously kind of tied into the spread. But if you look at Georgetown's defense, like the last month, or probably since January 1st, it is brutal. I mean, they're giving up like 1.1 points of possession. Uh, it's even worse on the road. So, yeah, I really like that play, actually. Butler's a little scary just because they're not quite the Butler we've come to know. They're having some struggles of their own. But, you know, this is a team that's still trying to get into it. I think Georgetown's kind of gone into developmental mode. And uh, I really like the over on the Butler points there. I, I think there'll be enough pace to that game to get you there. So, yeah, so right. I think a play okay. Well, a play I was gonna look at, I was just gonna go into some of my plays. Uh yeah, yeah. Kentucky, Kansas is a disappointing game for me. I think this is kind of a marquee matchup for Saturday. Um, gonna be on late, kind of the jewel of the SEC Big 12 championship because they kind of got the matchups a little wrong where they didn't get all their marquee teams because there's been some surprises. If this was a game I really liked Kentucky early in the week, but I don't think they're, they're gonna have their dudes there. Uh Tashiwe is fighting an ankle. Um, and obviously, Ty Ty Washington, who I thought was going to be playing in this game, is pretty questionable at this point. It seems like Calipari is kind of being conservative with his guys. This is a non-conference game, obviously. It's not going to really help them with seeding in the conference tournament. And they've done enough in January to kind of get themselves where people were kind of wondering how good they were to people know that they're a top 10 team. So I think those guys are going to have limited minutes. So I'm kind of going to flip the script here. I'm looking to lay it with Kansas. I, I said I like Kentucky getting to three early in the week. That's too many dudes missing for Kentucky. This is going to be a big matchup. Allen Fieldhouse will be rocking when you have a blue blood coming in like that. And you have the other factor here where these are the two winningest programs in college basketball. There's only three games separating them. I think Kentucky has 2,343 wins, and then uh, Kansas has 2,340. So this is a good opportunity for Kansas to kind of cut into that lead, and I think they will. Do you have anything? Yeah, I think my favorite play of the, the Saturday slate is uh, Illinois on the road. I locked it in. The line's right now minus three or minus two and a half, depending on what book you got. Uh, I, I locked in at minus two and a half. I, I just, Smitty and I just talked about it pre-show. You know, Northwestern has a, a, a decent team, uh, but they're not a they're not a team that can, can win games uh, in a sense as close them out. You know, obviously, Curbelo, I'm assuming this line's so low because Curbelo and Kofi, still having 100% uh, come out and say they're, they're you know, going to play. And, and I think that's wrong with college sports. Like, there's no uh, marquee time where they have to say they're in or out. I mean, you find out a tip-off. But 
even without those two guys, they have Omar Payne, who transferred from Florida, who has really come into his own without Kofi playing. Uh, huge center. I mean, the guy can block shots. He can score. He's got a mid-range jumper. And then Frazier. Frazier's a solid guard, you know, to complement Curbelo. Uh, I just, you know, Northwestern, Lance is solid. Bowie's a solid guard. They just can't close out games. I think Illinois wins that game, uh, you know, probably in the, the five to seven range. Uh, so I'm really confident laying that. Um, and then another game, I'm, I'm kind of on fade Villanova. I, I trashed them last week. You know, they, they ended up covering uh, the game against Georgetown. But Georgetown really, even into the second half, was kind of controlling that game. And then Georgetown just kind of fell off. Um, you know, Villanova made some some shots uh, from some turnovers. But St. John's is a lot better team, in my opinion, than Georgetown. So I think, you know, in a teaser spot, St. John's is a really good team here uh, to fade, you know, Villanova with. Villanova just doesn't impress me. They're not overly big team. You know, I just think they, you know, they don't turn the ball over well. It's going to be a home game for them. But, again, I'm just on fade mode. I, I don't think they have, you know, the go-to score, in my opinion. Um I'm drawing a blank on the uh, their guard. I mean, he's been there for like 13 years. Somebody help me out here. Um, Gillespie. Wake up. What's that? Gillespie, right? Yeah, Gillespie. I mean, I think he's he's a solid player, but he's to me he's kind of like like a role player, right? I don't think he's a knockdown guy. He's a you know late in the game shooter for them. Um, who can just like uh, Jabari Smith, right for Auburn. I don't I don't see that quality. So I like St. John's there. Um, and then another game I like is uh sorry i just lost it here um circle back because i i just i totally lost my train of thoughts maybe good yeah uh, a couple a couple other games you know one i'm gonna look for i was looking for the team points i can't get it on mine but i'm gonna just probably play the over uh bowling green keep an eye on bowling green today i really like the mac now ohio let me down by team points last night by just really slowing it down because a buffalo team did not show up last night but Bowling Green right now coming into the week, 15 and three on the over for the year. Very fast team, like to score points. They play Kent State. Kent State's okay with scoring, not the greatest. I think it's like about 144, I think. Um, looking at my notes here. But I really like Bowling Green in this um, to play maybe the over in this. Nine straight in Bowling Green games have gone over. So if you like overs, I would keep an eye on that. I think Bowling Green, Kent State goes over today. I like the over in that. Yeah, you can find some sneaky value in some of those teams like Bowling Green where, you know, in the MAC, kind of off the radar, there's so many teams in college basketball that it's really hard to keep track of them unless your name's Greg Peterson. So, uh, yeah, a team that likes to play tempo. And Kent State, not afraid to play a little fast, too. So that's actually a pretty nice lean. Uh, here's a game I know we don't agree on, so I'm going to bring it up. I actually like Baylor laying the points at Bama. Uh, Bama's not quite the team it was last year. Baylor somehow – is pretty close to the team that they were last year, even though it's different guys. Um, when I looked into this matchup, you know, Bama's hit or miss. They can be really good when they're hitting the threes. They can be really mediocre when they're not. Um, Baylor has done pretty well against teams that are three-point dependent this year, so that's why I kind of like them laying the points here. Um, you know, I don't usually like going up with a road favorite like this, but um, I just don't think – I think it's a good matchup. I think the Bears will get out and guard that line, and I just don't think – Bama's interior defense is enough to handle Baylor. Smitty, obviously, I know you don't agree. So how, what are you seeing in this game? Well, I just think this is, you know, I look at a team that has to get a big win. 
And, you know, I agree with you. Baylor's unbelievable. Baylor's a very talented team. Bama has been very disappointing. You know, what Bama team is going to show up? Is it the Bama team that went out and beat Gonzaga? I don't know. And, you know, when you rely on the three-point shot, if you're not making them, you're in major trouble. If you're making them, hey, it's very tough to beat you. I just think this is a team that's in really backed into a corner today. I think this is a sneaky play. I like taking the points here. I think Bama take it. I think Bama could even maybe pull the upset today. This is my upset of the day. I'm going to probably just, I don't know if I'm going to take money line. I think I'm going to take the points. I think it was at plus three and a half this morning. I'm probably going to take plus three and a half. And that's going to be one of my straight plays. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, hopefully if I lose Jason, then I know you're going to win. So one of somebody on the team wins. So let's, let's roll it, buddy. And then we can trash talk all day. <laughs> there's two things to see if your Bama is going to come through and it's going to be, can he keep Baylor off the board? Something they've not done very well this year. They're really bad at uh, defensive rebounding and can they not turn it over. Cause Baylor is eighth in turnover rate. Bama is like one seventy first in turnovers like committed. So if they don't turn it over, which at home, you don't turn it over as much. And if, you know, maybe a good crowd, get them on the boards a little bit, they'll be in it. Q, how do you feel about this game? You know, you I, <laughs> well, I have another play, but I, I don't know. This Alabama team, like, they're bad this year compared to what we saw last year. You know, they lost a little bit of talent, but they still have like three to four guys on that team last year. And those guys shot really well last year. Now, obviously, they, they're taking more of the brunt, but they live and die. And I said it all last year. When you live and die by the three, like, you're either hot or you're cold. And this year, they're cold. They're just not hitting them as hard. Um, but Baylor lost a lot of talent as well. Um, you know, their two guards that went to the draft, like, those guys are NBA players. And, and they're solid. And then when you lose two starters like that, I think it's it's you know hard to to continue dominant. Now Mayor's solid, uh, but I think he you know was probably better last year for the sense that the whole load wasn't on him as it is now, and I think he's coming into his own. Uh, but I don't know this this is a game where like I could see you know as bad as Baylor's been this year, you know they're they've had this game circled uh, since preseason. So I I probably would do Bam in a teaser. Uh, if I if you put a gun to my head, you know, I'll probably roll with the upset. Uh, um, you know, I, I think Baylor's definitely going to lose more more than, you know, a couple games this year. Uh, and I think this could be a spot on the road in a hostile place. You know that they're going to be fired up for it. Um, and they're just not as dominant as they were last year. So, if you know, I'll take the upset. I'll roll that. Uh, but the game I totally drawed, <clears throat> drew a blank on was Wake Forest. Uh, plus money at Syracuse. Syracuse to me this year has been horrid. You know, uh, it's it's long overdue. Bayheim, you know, he's we all know he's he's gonna coach until his sons leave and then he's gone. Um, they're nine and eleven. They they don't shoot well in my opinion. They don't play good defense. They kind of run, you know, that that traditional Bayheim offense. They're kind of running a hybrid the last few years uh, from that zone. It seems like Wake Forest is dominant. I mean, they score almost eighty points a game. They're one of the best shooting teams in the country, uh, one of the better rebounding teams. Uh, maybe I'm missing something, but I just don't see why they're a road dog and they're such a more dominant team on all the stat sheets. I like Wake Forest uh, to get an outright win at plus 100. Maybe I'm missing something, uh, but everybody, I, I just, it's, it seems weird, but I'm going to roll with it. It almost seems too good to be true. 
Yeah, the Wake, Wake Forest is a very talented team this year. Very good team. I've played them a couple of times with winners. You know, the thing, Maddie would be, Maddie could chime in a little bit more because Maddie's a very diehard Syracuse fan. You know, we've said this myself and Jason and Matt off the air. It's a weird team to figure out because Syracuse to me is scary if you watch them because they have so many guys that can really shoot the three. His, both his boys can, the one especially. They do have good size. I do like their point guard, too. Just a very up-and-down team this year. I think it's a scary situation, though. I think, again, what I just said, I mean, if on paper you would think Wake for sure, and I, I think I'm not saying it's a bad play at all. It just goes back to what I said. I think this is a team that really needs a win today. I mean, they, let's look at let's look at Syracuse's resume so far. They lost to Georgetown. They lost to Pitt. Well, that's not good. And that goes right into what Q said, like how's Wake Forest going to not win this game there? But again, in their atmosphere, could this be a scary spot? It could be. I mean, again, I'm not saying I disagree with what Q, because I really like the Wake Forest team. I think it's a very good team if you've really watched Wake Forest. Scary spot, though, I think, in my opinion, in this game. Yeah, no, it's curious. I mean, like Wake Forest, I still think it's kind of under the radar. Um, and it, you know, it's kind of funny. We talked to Brian Ralph a little bit on Twitter and made a joke that here we go again. The ACC's down and Wake Forest comes out of nowhere to win, just kind of like they were doing in football. Um, yeah, it's just that you go through the numbers and there's nothing really that sticks out that Syracuse is really going to give them an issue. Um, Wake Forest shoots the ball pretty decently from three and they shoot the ball often from three and they're going to get looks today. I mean, 50% of the attempts against Syracuse come from three-point land and Wake Forest hits their numbers out there. So I know they have not beaten this team, but this obviously wasn't coached by the same coach um, who is now, who's a, frankly really underrated, Steve Forbes. He did a fantastic job East Tennessee. He's doing a fantastic job here. Um, so it, it, it's kind of like a stinky line game, isn't it? I think you kind of almost kind of take Syracuse at the points because it doesn't make any sense. Because you, what do they see? I'll go real quick because we're going to wrap it up here. I'm going to go rapid fire here. Just a couple more quick thoughts and then the boys can jump in here. Uh, just games I'm eyeing up today. Straight plays. Florida State, I really like them at home today. Virginia Tech is, I believe, one in eight ATS in conference plays. Florida State, I think, will handle business there. I know Q, this is a Q's team, but I, I don't know if he's going to agree with me. I'm eyeing up Florida today. I know that Florida team's a very – what team are you going to get to? I think there's a lot of teams like that, but I'm kind of eyeing up Florida, Florida State, and that I have a lot of teasers and great spots where I like today. So I'm going to give it out. One uh, later game tonight, I like Stanford. Two guy, two key guys could be out for UCLA. I know Johnny Juzan didn't play last game and UCLA was fine, um, but I keep an eye on Stanford tonight. Uh, team points, if you can get, I really like Arizona today. Arizona, I think, in a good spot to really I'm a little shocked where the line is guys it's only like one over under 145 but Arizona is a team that averages about 86 points I think Q said on his site I think he said he, you could get it at 82 and a half I really like this play I think Arizona has no problem laying it on Bobby Hurley and putting a thumping on him if I can't get the team points I'm looking at the over then in that game I like that but those are my plays I'm going to give them out here in a little bit and one other game really fast I just want to keep an eye on what Louisville team will show up Chris Mack got um, kind of got please leave I want to see that line's a little weird to me I think Duke should have been higher than that does this team show up today that's the game I just want to watch and see what team shows up for Louisville 
Yeah, just running down some of the games I like. I like Texas at home against Tennessee. Uh, like I said, two teams very similar from uniform colors to the way they play. They play defense a lot. Texas is much better at home. Tennessee's not been good on the road. I think they'll grind out. It'll be an ugly, not a previous game to watch, but I like Texas there. Um, kind of a surprise game. Kind of like TCU to shock LSU uh, at home. TCU, a very good defensive team. Uh, LSU struggles making baskets at times. Kind of like the under in that one. I think the line is right now, it's at 126. I like it basically at 124 and up. Um, and I think that's really it. Oh, I kind of like Auburn against Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a good team. Porter Moser's done a great job of kind of transitioning that team, but Auburn's kind of rolling right now. It's a bad matchup for Oklahoma because they really want to through, run through their center. They want to score just the way Louisville, Illinois did. And, man, Auburn's got some big dudes underneath to take care of shots. So, Smitty, what do you got? I got one more. I just wanted to give it out. I don't know if I can get it again on my site with the team points, but Western Michigan's a really bad team. I'm going back to the MAC. Western Michigan, like 4-15, and 0-8 conference. They give up a lot of points, especially on the road. Ball State, I hit 13 points the other night. They scored 74, 81, 70, 68, 84, 78 the last couple of games. Western Michigan's a good, consistent, giving up in the 70s, high, mid 70 to high 70s. Keep an eye on Ball State today with team points, maybe the over in the game. Um, I like Ball State in that. Q, do you have anything to throw in? No, that's it. I, I'm pretty conservative card. Uh, I, may, I might throw a little bit more out, maybe a couple of teasers I like. Uh, but for straight plays, I'm pretty conservative this this Saturday. So that's all I have. If you guys don't have anything else, oops, Smitty. I got one more thing. Just root for my golfers today. I had a nice hit last week. Brian Harmon, top five, a really nice winner. I gave out my golf card. I Coming into today, Will Z, Will Zelatoris. I have top five. He's winning it. He's tied for first right now. I have Maverick McNeely, top five play that I gave out. He's in, I think, seventh place. And Mark Leishman, I have a top five play in that. And I think he's uh, 11th place right now. Today should be exciting golf. Keep following my golf plays. Um, really research. I have um, Trackside's a great golf um, guy that, you know, we're friends with the show. We listen to some of his plays and great info. So root for my golfers today. Let's keep giving out winners. And again, real quick, I uh, should be dropping today. Uh, myself, Maddie and Jay Cam were on with Jick Jack Johnson. His new podcast is one more with Jick Jack Johnson uh, with Carl Johnson, excuse me, one more with Carl Jack Johnson at Jick Jack Johnson. My goodness, say that about 20 times really fast. That should be dropping today. We had a blast. So thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for having us on. Uh, great guy. Um, Steve, the shrimp guy that did a segment with us was fantastic. It was really nice meeting him too. So we really appreciate uh, being a guest on somebody's show. All right, Jason Smitty, that's all I have. If you guys don't have anything else, we'll wrap this up. You know, as always, just bang your bookies and, um, you know, stay stay in tune with our Twitter. We're going to be firing plays all weekend, whether it's golf, uh, NFL, college basketball, maybe a little puck action from J. Cam. That's that's his territory. Uh, but, yeah, just, just stay on our Twitter and uh, bang your bookies. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.